this show of everything top fives presented by the sex effects i'm joy Prati, and i'm sean day and folks with us tonight we have my dear cousin mickey checky from the three friends podcast joining us live um and we're gonna be getting into some really fun stuff but before we get to all the fun Jonathan, mick how are you guys i'm doing good how are you doing good doing good thank you for coming on hey no problem i i have to i have to not look at twitch because i'm getting confused by the lag <laughs> oh yeah right? it's so weird right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so weird it's good like it's good you're monitoring it because like sometimes I'm like is it working is it live or <laughs> yeah 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 it's working it's just it on a little if... bit behind <laughs> yeah I, I like to talk to people in the chat if uh you know if sean gets boring or something uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man well hey uh, but, uh yeah so how, how you doing what's, what's how good you, how's everyone yeah. yeah doing good um I'm, I'm i'm glad to be back on the show I haven't um, I haven't recorded a podcast in about a month because my show has been on on a break. So it's good to get back in front of a microphone. Yeah, well, your, your your voice sounds as angelic as ever. Yeah. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, we're, we're blessed to be to be blessed with it. So thank yeah, you for truly, coming on. Truly, my pleasure. Um, right I'm really excited to be talking about um, my favorite four guys. Right? Oh, yeah. They're so oh, fab. Yeah. They're yeah so fab. Absolutely. Sean, <laughs> uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, just, just the usual, man. Just trying to get through this week. Uh, I recently went to the Hollywood Bowl to see, uh, this, this guy, James Blake. He's a R&B artist and he's, uh, from England, which is kind of cool. But, uh, I, I don't know, Joe, you have to see a show at the, so I, I already pitched this to you, uh, off the air, but Backstreet Boys are playing. Uh, you, you did say that. Yeah. And I did. I don't know, just two 33-year-old dudes going to see the Backstreet Boys just doesn't, something about that. I've already got three other people who are interested, so. Oh, okay, okay. I, you know, I don't think you would be alone. I think that that's probably. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, going purely for the, older. I'm going purely for the nostalgia factor. I mean, um, it is heavy nostalgia. They were my first concert ever. And I, remember uh, that, yeah. I mean, Aaron that's Carter the thing, too. Up. That's I remember you telling me about your first concert. And uh, yeah. I, I know we, I don't listen to, I mean, honestly, I don't listen to Backstreet Boys like, on my daily listens these days, but yeah. Um, what's really the first cool albums about... are very good. Oh yeah. Yeah. They got a lot I of good, say that. good songs in there. Um, so I went to the show in the Hollywood bowl and, and that's why I mentioned this thing. Cause it's really cool because they have the Hollywood orchestra, uh, usually accompany the act that is playing that night. That so is, that is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. It was, it was really uh, almost surreal. And, um, the, there's no bad seat, I would say, at, at the Hollywood Bowl. You could be like, I was kind of in the nosebleed section, kind of the way back there on the benches. And it's so cool. You get to bring your own food, your own drinks. It's outside. Like, it's so nice. Um, and then the it sounds great. And, of course, they with the orchestra and everything. It's like a full orchestra, string section, harps, like pianos and stuff. So Wow. And then there's history with it. And funny enough, kind of connecting to our list tonight. Uh, the Beatles have played at the Hollywood Bowl, which is really cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that kind of was my, like, weekend, I guess, um, nice. seeing that group. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of nice. I, I haven't – I've only been to uh, one concert, I believe, one concert so far. Two concerts, sorry. Two concerts so far uh, since this pandemic. Um, yeah. One of them was, like, an amphitheater kind of open space. The other one was actually uh, a little small venue which I slightly had a little bit of anxiety uh, being in there, but <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it is good. It is great to at least like see music. And you could tell from the people like at this Hollywood Bowl, like the people uh, hosting it, they were just like stoked because they're, you know, they're like, man, we've had, you know, such a crazy, you know, year with this whole COVID thing. And um, it's great to be performing and playing in front of people and like bringing people the joy of music. So. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's very yeah, cool. That is cool. I've got tickets to a few shows, but I think that they're all like about a year away. Like, yeah, they're all kind of postponed or like yeah, everything. Right? So, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going most excited for. Um, let's. Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. So I got tickets to uh, they might be giants who are one of my favorite band. They were my favorite band when I was a little kid. Uh, like the, like the Backstreet Boys. Um, and they're going to be doing um, like a, one of their albums uh, in its entirety with like no opening act and that sort of thing. And I've seen them do that kind of show before and it's very good. Um, so nice. I'm excited to see that. And then um, I have tickets to uh, the My Chemical Romance reunion, um, which I'm going to go to with oh. my sister and my niece. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of exciting. Um, and, is that the rescheduled know, one too? Because I remember they were is. touring. Like, yeah. Last, yeah. Yeah. Never, it, it never ended up happening. Um, and so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun to go, uh, to go see that. Cause I, you know, I really liked them back before my niece was even born and, you know, now I'll be <laughs> the old man crazy. at the show. <laughs> and then, uh, the last one I have tickets to is, um, the killers and Johnny Marr. Oh, um, wow. that'd be good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that'll be just a, a fun you know show, yeah yeah i've seen the killers a couple times they're really good like they have a lot of singles uh so their shows are pretty much just like greatest hits sets yeah um that's like kind of what you is, want you know on the radio yeah everything you know from the radio which is like you know nobody listens to the radio anymore not even me but you know like they you know 10 years ago all those songs were on the radio all the time so uh yeah they're really really fun and then you know it'll be it'll be cool to see johnny marr and i know that they've um they've played together before. Like Johnny Marr has joined them for like Smith's covers, uh, like oh, at Glastonbury and stuff like that before. That's so cool. that's it would cool. be, yeah, that I think will be, will be cool to see. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully those happen. Um, yeah. I, I gotta say be a lot of fun. I gotta say that's super cool. Um, preference for me now, I've been to two outdoor venue kind of shows. Yeah. I prefer those more than, although mm. I, I do miss like, you know, the kind of, especially bands that are maybe not as big yet and you're like sure. crammed in a small room and you get like that intimate show where you, you could go up to the front if you want to and like yeah. scream at their faces if you wanted to. Definitely. Um, but as I, you I was like, suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love your band. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, as I get older, it's like, I kind of prefer the like, you know, reserve seats. Uh, yeah. I'm outside, and usually it sounds like you know, depending on kind of where you go. Like for the most part, like the sound is pretty good. Sure. Um, and then there's like stuff to do. Like these uh, amphitheaters, they have like you know food vendors and you know all sorts of stuff. Um, what was great about the Hollywood Bowl is like you could bring your stuff, right? So it was actually like cheaper to like bring your own food and like because you know you know venues they usually overprice or whatever. Yeah, but um, that's what I've realized. I'm just like I'm just down not to get like stressed out about like oh. being at a show and you know. But you know, I, I I must admit the show I went to at the Chain Reaction in Anaheim. Uh, it was this band called Hail the Sun, and it was like, you know, shoulder to shoulder kind of gig. There was yeah. a moment where I was like kind of reserved, and then when they went on, I was like, oh man, you know, I kind of want to be like up close 
and see them and you know you get and then of course you know it's, this is kind of a cool moment right now is some bands have like released music during the pandemic but they haven't toured it yet so oh, sure you're kind of technically like the first people to hear like them play these songs on the road yeah um, so i think that's kind of a cool thing that's been happening um in fact i think the two shows i've been to it's like the first show in the tour that mm. these bands were doing so i thought that was really cool like we're like legitimately the first crowd they've played to in like two years that's awesome you know what yeah. i mean so it's like it, it is kind of it's a, a special it, energy special energy yeah for sure and you can you can tell like the bands are you know obviously it's the first day in the tour but like they're definitely like i would say very uh energetic and th- I, mean, I may feel like grateful for just being able to be like i can still yeah. play music in front of all these people you know so um yeah, I've come to like re- really appreciate music again and like live shows again. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I still have my reservations because it's like yeah, you know, I'm, I'm vaccinated, but like uh, you yeah. don't know who else is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing. It's a very weird yeah. thing. So uh, actually, the Hollywood Bowl uh, show that I went to that was the first show I went to where I had to prove my vaccination. Um, I had to mm. have a card. They had people checking before you got into the, the in the metal detectors and the line and everything. See, so that's that was, standard practice out here just to go to get a drink in San Francisco. Yeah, and I think actually um, in Los Angeles, yeah. they're going to be enforcing that um, come, I think, maybe another week or two. Uh, Unless you're roommate, the mayor. You don't have yeah. to do that. Mayor, yeah. Now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah it's been my favorite times, joke of the last two so, weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that's yeah. been kind of on my, on my mind. Like lately, that's kind of like yeah. concerts and just trying to get like back into like stuff. But also like weirdly, it, it, it's still kind of this weird thing of like COVID. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> I'll feel a lot better because I, I have a, a six-year-old. So I'll feel a lot better when she can get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, man, nothing. I don't think anything in the world would make me feel worse than like carrying it and giving it to my daughter, you know, like. Yeah. like how could you live with that so uh you know i'll feel a lot better when uh when things get feeling more protected it's it seems like uh you know like the delta variant is still there but it seems like it's getting better in california anyway so yeah you know, hopefully hopefully soon because yeah i can't imagine like i just turned 38 and i'm feeling 48 so like uh i can't imagine i'll ever be in a mosh pit ever again um uh, you know, I'm not like I'm not like your dad, Sean. I can't <laughs> I can picture doing that. Um, the last couple times it was like the next day I could barely walk. But um, like I do love being like just smashed in with everybody and stuff like that. And I miss that. But but yeah, you know, um, sitting sitting on a lawn and uh, and watching a band sounds sounds mighty good. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. Side for live music. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Oh yeah, someday, someday <laughs> soon, yeah. someday soon. But speaking, maybe, I was gonna say maybe, before. maybe we could see one of the people we're about to talk about. I hope so. Yeah, I, I at sure least one more time. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was pretty perfect when we got to see. Uh, yeah, you guys got real lucky, Paul. Oh, dude, very lucky. Actually, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Our on our like, you know how you get those like photo reminders. Uh, we just got those like recently, like the mm. Paul McCartney uh, show. That was I don't know, man. That was something else, man. Yeah, I I almost thought I was like, there's no way like this is happening right now. Like it was just such a surreal experience, and I honestly think yeah, if if he comes around touring again, um, we're gonna we're gonna hop on those tickets for sure. You got, I mean, you got to. 
Yeah. yeah. I want to see that McCartney three live. Um, I actually, I did. I did enjoy some of it. <laughs> um, dude, you know what, dude, if they, if McCartney plays like Hollywood bowl, that would be freaking worth it, man. I mean, I bet. It, it, for me, it's just, it's, it just feels like such an iconic, like, yeah. venue, and, and especially for like a Beatles, like, you know, someone coming back, I'm sure he's played there before, but I don't yeah. know. We saw him at Dodger stadium uh, when we saw McCartney and it was yeah, cool. He's big places for him. Yeah. Big spots. Yeah. So I don't know if Hollywood Bowl's as big as Dodger stadium, but um, I just think it's like, it's just, it would be just such a cool place to see him. Yeah. Uh, the last the- time I saw him, was at uh, the cap or not the cap palace? Uh, the Beatles did play the cap palace though. But the last time I saw him was at Candlestick, which it was the last show at Candlestick. Oh no way! And, really? oh, and that was also where cool. the last Beatles show was. So oh, uh, yeah, it was a nice little. Uh, I'm sure he didn't. He probably doesn't give a shit. But it was you know, <laughs> it was it was a fun a fun thing to be a part of. Yo, yeah, okay. mm-hmm. absolutely. That is very cool. I love that. Um, yeah, we can we can. Real quick, before we jump into uh, the Beatles, I just got to say, because you mentioned Sean's dad, um, I got to hang with both of your dads this weekend. Oh, did you? Oh, oh yeah, went, that's right. Went to a lovely <laughs> uh, dinner party at my parents' house and got to uh, see both uh, both your dad and your dad. And it was hey. good awesome. Yeah. Sounds fun. Everyone, yeah. everyone was in rare form. It was a good time. Good, um, good. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm glad you I want to see everybody. Yeah. I know. I'm sad. That I'm Yeah. I. I long for the day when all of us are all in the same room together again. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. So they're just sending good vibes because yeah. it was a good vibe. Um, Taking them in. Yeah. But um, anyway, dear listeners, as I'm sure you could have pieced together through context clues, we're going to be talking Beatles uh, tonight. And we're going to kind of do two lists about covers. We don't know if we'll be able to get to both. Mick, since you're a guest, would you like to choose which uh list goes first well if we're if there's a chance that we're not going to be able to do both then i think that we should probably do covers by other people of beatles songs because there's a less of a chance that we're going to have the same things on our list um there's at least two things that i can think of of covers by the beatles that we're probably all going to have on our list so um, fair and and i wouldn't be surprised if there's no overlap in in the other uh, category because there's so many Beatles covers you know there's a lot yeah there's a ton all right well yes I love that let's uh let's get to it so top five Beatles songs covered by other artists um and Mick would you like to would you like to kick things off sure yeah um are we gonna just do plow through our 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 list individually are we gonna go around let's I say let's plow through, and that way we have a better chance of getting to both lists. I think you're, you're probably right. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> uh, so number five uh, is it's kind of um, it's it's kind of a fun it's it, it's a cheesy one. So uh, it's it's uh, Neil Diamond uh, doing the Abbey Road medley. It's a nineteen eighty. It's from a nineteen eighty nine live album. Okay. And it sounds exactly like what you think Neil Diamond doing the Abbey Road medley <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> it's it's really it's really corny and and he's just like he's selling it you can imagine like old ladies crying um it's really it's it's really really fun um so then i'm going to go uh with number four um i'm going to put you won't see me uh it's the song and the artist is brian ferry who's best known as the uh the lead singer of roxy music he did a uh like a covers album a solo album of cover songs 
in I think it was like the mid 80s. And uh, his version of the song, it's in that whole album is kind of a mix of, of glam and like show tunes and blue eyed soul kind of all wrapped into one thing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward considered all that uh, of a cover of that song, but I really, really like that song a lot. And uh, that finding that I, I, I like was one of those things where it's like, I was a teenager and I just got a huge box of records that was like thrown away or something. Yeah. And I, and I found <laughs> that record in there and uh, it was like, yeah, it popped in on. It's like, Oh yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about. So <laughs> awesome. I really, yeah, I really, really like that one a lot. Um, and then at number three, I'm going to go with um, uh, Andre 3000's version of all together now. Yo, and so he I put not the, heard this. Yeah, it was, it's from 2010. It was, um, it was for a Nike commercial. I think it's like Kobe Bryant is playing basketball and like Andre 3000 songs playing in the background. Um, and it's, it's a pretty straightforward cover, but you know, it, 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 there's not really that much of a difference between like all together now and Hey Ya, if you think about it, like they are like tonally kind of similar songs. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, he just, he kills it, you know, it's like, it's, it's not, he didn't do anything too crazy with it. Um, there's like a little bit, of, it's like modernized a little bit, but um, you know, it's just him doing his thing on, on a song that, kind of fits him perfectly it's like um a faithful version of the song that is also a good andre 3000 song yeah okay that's awesome yeah wow i'm interested uh, to hear this one now <laughs> yeah oh yeah you gotta now. check it out yeah um and then number two so uh this one is is uh this is very this is like the most obscure thing i could possibly bring up so <laughs> there is a um uh a band that i really liked a lot uh called the db's uh, and they were like they got together in the uh, the late '70s and like they had a couple albums in the late '70s, early '80s, and that was like the kind of their prime. Um, they're from uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina, and yeah. uh, they're like a really good power pop band. One of the guys is like a touring or was a touring member of REM. Like they're like kind of in that world. Um, and before they were the DBs, some of the members had a band in high school called Little Diesel. And so Little Diesel recorded an album, but they never put it out until 2006. Uh, so like the album was recorded in, I think, like 73 or something like that. So like years and year, decades later, this album came That's out. That's cool. And there is a cover on it of Any Time at All that is just like a really just like barn burning, cool, like proto-punk version of the song. Now, unfortunately, you can't find it anywhere. I, I used to have the CD. And like, you can find the CD occasionally on eBay or something like that, but like, it's not on YouTube. It's not on Spotify. Like it, this, it just like is not anywhere. So um, it, maybe it's not as good as I remember it being. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I have very, very fond feelings about it. And also I just love that song. And I think that that's kind of like an underrated song. Um, yeah, it's a rock and fucking tune. Yeah. It's like a great, it's like the birth of power pop kind of that song. Um, yeah. But, uh, and then number one is one of my favorite bands, the Breeders. Um, and on their debut album, they did a, a version of um, uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun that is mm. kind of like one of their signature songs. It's like kind of become one of the breeder signature songs. Um, and it's another version of like just making it perfectly their own thing while still being like the the, the song that it was originally. Um, and it was uh, Steve Albini produced that album. And he's the one who like suggested to them that they should they should give that song a try. And uh, oh, okay. it's just a, a really, really cool, uh, you know, indie rock you know, song. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Wow. Those are, right those, are my those are great. I got to track yeah. down all of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
they're all worth listening to and they're all on spotify yeah. except for that that little diesel one which is <laughs> nowhere in the world wow do you, do you ever fuck with uh discogs uh, yeah, yeah, that, that you can find like you can find evidence that it exists on Discogs, but yeah, <laughs> you can't find you can't listen word. to it. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had. Uh, I wish I had taken better care of my CDs when I was younger. Oh, you know, that, yeah. it surely got scratched up like a hockey puck. Yeah, <laughs> even if you did take care of your CDs, I feel like they still taken them out of the the case yeah. and everything. They always got <laughs> yeah. something, and in and then you know if you still have a CD player, it probably ate it. You know. Um, yeah. We were talking not too long ago. The um, why am I blanking on their name? Death and Taxes were selling sure. CDs at at that show back in oh February 2020. Yeah. That was the last CD I bought, and I put it in my car stereo, and the thing ate it, and it won't eject, but it also won't play it. So I've never gotten to listen to it oh, in no. that form. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's never again. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> But well, that's a very good list. Um, Thank you, Sh- Jonathan. I'm I'm curious to hear uh, what you've uh, got. Yeah, I've got all sorts of different ones. Some of them are kind of like the I think the I, I think I went a little safe on the uh, cover side, but um, number five actually, um, this one is from that movie, the Across the Universe soundtrack. Mm. Um, Evan Rachel Wood singing "If I Fell." Um, mm. Which, uh, knowing the original Beatles song, it, it kind of has this kind of, it's a little bit faster in tempo. And um, in the context of the movie, and literally the character is falling in love with someone in the, in the movie, uh, Jude, the, the other character in, in uh, the love interest, um, it's just a good moment. And it's, um, it's just her singing. She's just like literally sitting by these docks and she's kind of singing and she's kind of like, watching the character jude uh he he's a painter in the movie and uh, i don't know just like it works so well to kind of like uh bring because they the with that movie it's like pretty much they had the task of taking all these beatles songs and trying to create like a story out of it and i felt like it uh really connected those characters together that song um, especially for her falling in love with the character and there, there was this moment where she's kind of you know, even with the song and, and kind of what it means, it's, you know, it's kind of this like almost like hesitance of like falling on someone and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, if I do this, if I do fall in love, you know, will this be a, you know, a true thing or whatnot? So I, I think it worked really well for the context of the movie, but I really, I don't know. I really liked Evan Rachel Wood in this movie cause she just, uh, found a good way to, to find a way to make it her own and like kind of cover the song. Um, kind of slow it down a little bit so it's a little you know it felt it kind of feels a little more impactful and meaningful uh in the moment so yeah that's my number five that's a good song if i fail um number four i got uh yesterday covered by marvin gay actually uh not the biggest fan of yes i mean like i mean i love the yesterday song but uh i don't know marvin gay kind of doing the yesterday like his spin on it it's definitely Marvin Gaye. Like it really, it's, it's his, you know, his style, his band, um, you know, that kind of, uh, swag I would say with it. Um, but that's what I like about these kind of covers. I always like covers that can take, uh, the original, keep some of the essence of what the original is, the original song, but also it's their, it's their imprint. It's their kind of, you know, version of it, their, their way of doing it. So, and Marvin Gaye is, of course, an incredible singer and, and you know, artist and everything. And I just thought I, li- I really liked his rendition of Yesterday. 
um, especially the arrangement too of like the music. You know, it's yesterday's kind of more piano and this is kind of, you know, full band guitar and all that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that was really cool. So yeah, nice. yesterday. All right, here's my, my usual, this is a cover song. It's Michael Jackson, Come Together. Sure. Um, yeah. Which is kind of funny because I feel like growing up, I know my parents played a lot of Michael Jackson, and I bet you anything I probably heard Come Together by Michael Jackson first before I heard Come Together mm. by the Beatles. So I, I guess I have sort of like a, a a personal connection to it, like just hearing it like growing up, I guess. Um, uh, putting Michael Jackson aside, <laughs> just thinking of the artist. <laughs> um, yeah. You, yeah. You, you mean the art, not the artist. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the art, not the art. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I really liked uh, his rendition of it, and especially for Michael Jackson, uh, the way his uh, – uh, how he puts like the power in his vocals and everything and and the way he kind of uh you know i don't want to keep saying it makes it his own but like it really is like you know he really found a way to to make it unique to his uh his singing style and his singing voice yeah. um it has a little more attitude i don't know it has like a little more to it's pretty it rocking. it's probably yeah. rocking right yeah. you know especially from michael jackson so uh, you know, that was kind of interesting. And, and then again, you know, going back and like listening to the original by the Beatles, it, it was really interesting to kind of juxtapose each of those songs together. And, you know, I've come yeah. to appreciate the Beatles song, of, of course, but like, um, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know why, but I've always just kind of heard come together, like as that Michael Jackson form sure. uh, or, or version. There's, so I think you, you, uh, you might be too young for this. Cause I think I was like very very young but i believe that was like pepsi's theme song for a while Whoa. was like uh I, th I think it was that and then also yeah. it's in his movie um moonwalker which yes. i used to watch all the time when i was a kid yes so, like yeah and actually that was i think that's probably my connection uh, is that movie because i remember yeah. seeing the movie um i could totally see that as a, as a pepsi commercial too <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's kind of a version, a version of the song that, you know, I hear a lot and, you know, I've heard some other versions of it, but I think that's the kind of one that usually comes to mind when I hear that song. So yeah. Number, number three, come together. Uh, number two, I've got little help from my friends, the Joe Cocker cover, sure. uh, from 1969, which I think he did perform at Woodstock, um, mm -hmm. I believe. And uh, Joe Cocker, I guess, repping my dad's hometown. He's from Sheffield, so uh, I didn't even know he was British. Yeah, he's a he's a Sheffield. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a Sheffield local. So um, I, I like his version. It, he kind of makes it more soulful. Uh, you know, he's uh, he, I don't know if he takes his time with it. It's I, I don't know. It's just the pacing with it is a little bit different. Um, and yeah, Joe's he feels behind it. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of feeling behind it. And I'm not saying anything uh with the Beatles version. You know, there's obviously, you know, they have their their feelings and stuff, but um yeah, yeah. with the way he sings it, I think the way he delivers it, it just has so much more impact on on the crowd, yeah. especially when it, you know, Woodstock, you know, hearing that song and everything like that at that time. The, the Beatles version is almost like it's bordering on a novelty song. Yes. Um because like he's playing a character in it um and it's like uh you know much more, like he's not like he's not putting his full emotion into into that song uh he's yeah. and i think that's a i love that song i really really like like i i'm 
I'll defend Ringo's voice till till I die. I, I I think that's a great song. But yeah, like Joe Cocker is is clearly like it means more to Joe Cocker than it does to uh, to Ringo Starr. <laughs> <laughs> and what's crazy is there's footage of like Woodstock of like mm-hmm. him singing it. And, you know, I think he even starts it off like acapella. Like he's just kind of like singing the first few lines and uh, it's just, and then, you know, it's, uh, maybe it's, uh, I mean, I, I obviously didn't grow up in that time, but like, I guess the nostalgia factor of like, you know, the sixties and, you know, sure. kind of captured that time. And, and, you know, especially with Woodstock, you know, being such a, a big, you know, thing for the sixties and, uh, so maybe maybe I kind of con- maybe I kind of favor it a little bit more because it has that connection to the the music festival and maybe how it maybe brought and maybe how it made sure. people feel hearing that's that cover of the song you know right there and then. I think that there is definitely a connection uh, for our generation to the fifties and the sixties because the people who were making the entertainment when we were that when we were kids are were all grew up in the 50s and 60s and were making things about the 50s and the 60s uh yeah so you know like like that's like even this song in particular it was like the theme song to the wonder years which is like uh you know a show about a, even it took place in the 60s but it was about a kid who was like you know kind of closer to my age and stuff so like you know like i could watch it and relate to it and my parents could watch it and relate to it and that yeah. sort of thing and like you know anything stephen king ever wrote like all that you know like so we were hit like we got that baby boomer nostalgia stuff really, really flung at us hard. Yeah, indoctrinated. Yeah. Like we're doing it now to to uh, to the next generation of children. We're throwing '90s stuff at, at little kids now all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Can Can you believe? Uh, never mind. Is thirty years old? Oh my god! Really? Yeah. What the Whoa. when? When? Mm-hmm. Whoa! Oh, yikes! Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a That's a blast from the past. Whoa! Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's all getting old. It's it's oldie stuff now. That means my my. I remember my dad bought that CD, and I think he had that playing in the car while we were kind of growing up. Hmm. That's so crazy. That sounds like, about right. That means that yeah. CD is as old as I am, which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, my a last one. Older. Yeah, a little, little bit older. A little bit older. Uh, my last one is uh. Man, I, 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 I had, to, I mean, I listened to the song a few times and it's Stevie Wonder, dude. Uh, we can work it out. Mm-hmm. His cover, We Can Work It Out. You can't go wrong with Stevie Wonder, man. I mean, yeah. his, his way of all, kind of um, interpreting the song and, and, you know, obviously, you know, he's such an amazing singer, uh, uh, keyboard, you know, piano player and keyboard player. Uh, he makes it fun and, and interesting. Um, you know, he's still he's still a big musician today. A huge influence for a lot of people, I, I feel. So mm-hmm. um, to take on a Beatles song, uh, you know, I was I was like, oh, man, you know, I, I wonder how this is going to sound. You know, I've, I've heard it a few times. And um, when I keep listening back to it, it still makes me like I really like I really like his version of it. And um, I, you can't go wrong with Stevie Wonder. I mean, he's. So, yeah. you know, has such a great, uh, you know, he's a great musician. He, he has such a great songwriting background, um, you know, was able to push the envelope as far as sound and trying, you know, uh, kind of embracing, you know, synthesis and synthesizers and, you know, different types of instruments and stuff in his, in his music. So um, it just worked perfectly for it kind of weirdly enough what the Beatles were at the time, like trying different things and like, you know, in the studio and, you know, I, I think that's what um, I find so unique about Stevie Wonder, too, and the kind of parallel of them together with the Beatles is, you know, he was trying, he was very open to, you know, 
new you know new types of um, musical influences or instruments or experimentation yes yes so um yeah i think that's probably why i gravitate towards that and i just love stevie wonder's music so it's you know of course if he does a beatles song it's gonna sound good (laughs) you know um oh go for it Oh, I was just going to ask, what do you think about the rumor that he's not blind? <laughs> I, I, well, he did wave at Uncle Pat. So, you know, there's evidence. Yeah. There's evidence here. There's evidence there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people really think that. Like, there's a lot of people who think that, like, I think that the, the, the story is that, like, when he, because he started very young, he was like a teenager when he started. And yeah. I think the idea was that they were like, you're not cute enough. So we got to give you a thing. <laughs> It's very I see, cute. I see. I see. Yeah, it's where the movie gets its mojo, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's just a funny thing to think about. There's some people who are so like so. I mean, he does crazy things. He drives around and stuff. So. Yeah. Wait, he drives what? Um, not on the road, but there's like he apparently he just lo- he loves being behind the wheel. What? Um, so and and people like just let him because he's Stevie Wonder. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like James Corden needs a tow truck, but you you get to freewheel it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god that's fun man um you know the last time paul mccartney and john lennon were ever in a recording studio together post beatles uh stevie wonder was there i there was a bunch of musicians but i know stevie's one of them and there's this like tape that you i i i've seen it before i I haven't bought it but i think i saw it on discogs and wikipedia it's called like a toot and a snore in 74 it's a disaster i that's what i hear i don't like i don't want to listen to it just because you know um but i guess i mean they're they're not trying they're just fucking around yeah Yeah, and everyone's high out of their minds and i guess at one point you can hear lennon be like stevie you want to and um (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just thinking like huh like you know if i were blind would i know how to do that would i know like not that i've ever done cocaine but like if especially if you're blind that's a significant handicap to any type of drug taking other than like i don't know pills i think you figure uh, things out i mean i, I, I suppose think you do blind people can be very functional you know i think that like you know like, like matt murdoch and yeah. um yeah mm-hmm. i mean yeah. honestly if i found out stevie <laughs> wonder was not blind i don't know he's a killer musician man i i uh, yeah could forgive I, him i got I would forget. He play everything. He's one of those guys. He plays like every instrument. Oh, hell yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would. Um. How how crazy would that be if he's just like I'm in my 80s. Like what do I care anymore? Yeah. Like, <laughs> death, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is a big reveal. <laughs> Man. Uh, uh, all right, Joey. What, what, is, what right. is your top five, dude? I'm, a, I'm okay. A, I'm gonna. We got a whole enough, different list uh, of covers here, so. Mick and I have the same number five, but different artists. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. So um, number five, it's You Never Give Me Your Money slash The End. Tenacious D just put this out. Oh, uh, what? Last month, and it was really good. Like, you forget how good of a musician Kyle Gass is and how great of a singer Jack Black can be. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny because they're like, they're wearing wigs and they play up like the 70s look and everything, but they do a very lovely loving tribute to um, i don't doubt that at all it's very good um but yeah so that one number five wow i haven't heard that yet it's no i didn't very, even know yeah. about that that's yeah, yeah i, I saw it like on instagram like a month ago i was like oh shit they just put it out um yeah um number four amy winehouse all my loving i didn't um, know that existed either 
she does a very amy winehouse version of all my loving and it's beautiful and it okay. you know it, it doesn't really you know it takes a couple lines before in your mind it starts to take form and you recognize what it is and you go oh yes 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 and it's it's just it's awesome she has an incredible voice and um yeah it's very good it's very good um my top three i feel like are my safe choices um number three is sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band by the Jimi hendrix experience sure. oh um, i have heard this one yeah, yeah 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 and this was just days after sergeant pepper dropped and uh hendrix learned it and performed it like the following night or and the beatles were at least john and paul were in attendance for it um, yeah, i think so eric clapton was song. there yeah yes yeah 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 um so just very like could you imagine like the hit the rock and roll historic moment of being there and like kind of uh very cool it's just yeah. very cool um number two lucy in the sky with diamonds elton john mm, okay uh, oh that's right i remember that that one yeah and i have um i have a 10 inch of it um and a, like a, a him doing it live and i guess uh lennon comes out and plays it with him and it's very cool oh, um yeah um, oh wasn't that john lennon's last show like wasn't the last show he ever played opening for elton john was it really? I, I don't think know. That it might. It might have been. I might be wrong about that, but I. I. I think that is. That is I mean it. that that checks out. Yeah. They, yeah. Because he was producing him, and yeah. Um. Nice. Right on. Um. And then Shawnee, you've already named it, but uh, with a little help from my friends Joe Cocker. Mm. I mean, like you know, you already mentioned growing up with uh, the Wonder Years, and you know, I probably heard that before I heard any Beatles music, and usually I don't care for a Beatles cover because it's like if i want to listen to the beatles i want to listen to the beatles playing sure yeah, of course yeah. Like, yeah but this is the only exception where it's like inject that shit into my veins it's so <laughs> fucking soulful and good and there's so much power behind it um and you know i, I think we, how you said ringo is kind of doing a voice or it's more of a novelty and it feels so restrained on yeah. Sgt. Pepper's, you know, um, where Joe Cocker is giving it his all. And you you, mm -hmm. you hear like the sweat dripping off his head while he's like just belting it. And it's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's my number one. Now, I'm happy with my list and I don't want to change it. But there is a song that I w thought about that I chose not to include because I thought for sure, Joey, that you would include it on yours. Which one? Uh, Johnny Cash in My Life. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I would probably take out either Amy Winehouse or Tenacious D in that case. Um, man, that's a really good call. That is, uh, I, I always forget that Cash covered the Beatles. Yeah. Um, and that was on uh, The Man Comes Around, his last record while he was alive. Mm. Um, and I believe it was also Sonny Amanda's first dance at their wedding. Was it? I don't yeah. know if I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I so, um, I mean, that's it's a great it's a great cover. I prefer the original um, because that's just maybe the best song of all time. But um, so good. Uh, his version is great, and you know, like he was doing so many so many really great covers in, in just towards the end of his life. But yeah, that that is a great song, and uh, he, yeah, yeah, and you know, with all of his, you know, because and that's one where I think I may have heard that version before I heard the Beatles version. Oh, okay, and to hear. Cash's age and everything that he brings to it, mm -hmm. and then to go back and listen to Lennon sing it while he's a young man in his twenties is kind yeah. of jarring, you know. And it's um, it almost feels more appropriate for Cash to sing at the end of his life, 
For sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that like you like kind of you don't think about when you're a kid and then you look back and it's like, what is this fucking 22 year old talking about? You know, like it's it's like like how are they so profound? Like they're knuckleheads. Um, The 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 (laughs) one that really strikes me in that regard is off Sergeant Pepper. Um, He's leaving home. You know, oh, and yeah. it's from the point yeah. of view of the parents waking up, we script and saved, you know, to give her a good life. And she just threw it. It's like you're 24, 25 years old. How are, how are you cognizant enough to, you don't even have kids <laughs> of your own. Like, how do you know? I don't know. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but fantastic lists are around. Yeah. Yes. Only one, only one overlap in all 15 songs. Not you bad. Know? Yeah. Not bad. Pretty good. Not bad. I thought we were going to have more, honestly. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we did not. Yeah. Um, Mick, would you like to kick off uh, songs the Beatles covered? Sure. I think we, we got enough. Yeah, we're only at 40 minutes. We're good. Sean, yeah, you yeah. good? Right on. All right. So um, I am going to, ooh, for number five, I'm going to go with Till There Was You which is from The Music Man. Uh, it's, you know, it was from it's a show tune, uh, but it is somehow kind of like the most Paul McCartney song that Paul McCartney didn't write. It's, it's really dorky, um, but it's also like, it's faster than you remember it being, which is, uh, which is something that I always love. That's, that's like mm-hmm. a quality I love in a song. When I remember a song being slow and then I listen to it and it's like, oh yeah, this is fast. Um, and but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just a good dorky Paul song that like, I don't want to listen to the version from the music man. This is a song that has been covered uh, a thousand times. I only ever want to hear the Beatles version. I don't want to hear anybody else saying it because it's, it's like such a stupid dorky song, but uh, <laughs> you know, he does such a great job with it. Um, and then uh, at number four, I am going to go with um, words of love, which is a buddy Holly cover. Hey, um, okay. I am a, a huge buddy Holly fan. And I think that there is so much of of the Beatles came from Buddy Holly. And, yeah. uh, you know, he he was, unfortunately, he was 22 when he passed away, so he didn't have time to um, do what the Beatles did. But um, I think he w- I think he would have done so much more. And I, I'd like, I, I think of the Beatles kind of as, as grabbing the baton from him a bit. Um, so I really, really love their covers of, of his stuff. Like, I, I think they also did That'll Be The Day. Um, yeah. And, um, but th- their version of Words of Love is really, really great. Um, I think that's one of those things where both John and Paul are singing lead the entire time. And it's just like a, a really fun, buzzy song. You know, it's, it's interestingly produced. It's just a, it's just a cool song. And I think they did a, a good job with it. Um, and then at number three, I'm going to go. Hmm, so I'm twist and shout. I'll go with, with twist and shout at number three. Um, you know, a lot has been made that it, it probably has, like maybe the greatest vocal in rock and roll history, um, which is true. Like John is singing the hell out of it. And it's like one of those things where his voice was thrashed because they recorded that entire album in, 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 in a day. Hours, yeah. Yeah. It was like the last thing that they did on, the, on that album. And um, you know, it's just it wouldn't have sounded the way that it does if, if, if they had been living a reasonable life, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, one of those things where it's like, ah, you know, happy that he abused his voice that day. Because <laughs> um, it turns out so good, and so just like you know, a really great rock and roll standard. Um, the number two, I'm going to go with "Act Naturally" um, because Ooh, it is sort of like 
the perfect Ringo song. Like it plays up on this, this idea of like Ringo, the way that Ringo is presented is as, as like a sad, funny guy, you know, like um, that's how he is in the movies. And that's how he, he presents himself when he speaks and stuff like that. And that this song wasn't written for him is pretty amazing. Cause it sounds like something that like that Paul would write for Ringo to sing. Um, and it, it's okay. just like, you know, it's such a, a fun little country song about like, I'm going to be a movie star because I'm so sad and I can play a sad guy really well. You know? <laughs> like, and it's like, and, and, and like I was talking about earlier, I really like his voice. Um, I think that people are, are way too harsh on him. You know, mm-hmm. he's still a Beatle, even if he, even if you want to make the argument that he is the worst Beatle, he is still a Beatle. Um, and I wouldn't even call him the worst Beatle personally, oh. <laughs> but um, I, I love the guy. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that song's really fun. And then yeah, at number yeah. one, I thought about being cute with my list and making a list of entirely Chuck Berry covers because you could do it easily. You could do it easily. Um, yeah. <laughs> they did Chuck Berry songs. Um, so, but I, I decided just to keep it to one. And I'm going with rock and roll music because I just think that is just the coolest song. I love that song. I love Chuck Berry's version and I, I love the Beatles version. Um, you know another song that john sings the hell out of and uh it's just such a fun cool song uh you know about how you don't have time for any other bullshit music only rock and roll (laughs) that is a yeah that is a wonderful list thank Uh, you i love all those songs yeah I was yeah, like, was I, this has got to be a Chuck Berry song on there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, looking through the they're... list of covers, I was like, God, there's so many yeah. Chuck Berry songs that they covered for, for like a while, man. So that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, Mike Day's chiming in in the chat. He says, listen to the lyrics of, of, your, of your 16. I think you might mean the, the, um, the Chuck Berry song, Sweet Little 16. Oh, Sweet you know, Little 16. Uh, Chuck Berry's a creep. He, 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 he was a creep. There's, there's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've all read about what he used to, you know, put in his bathrooms and his restaurants and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, not a, he's not a an upstanding man. citizen. No, no, he's a terrible, <laughs> terrible creature. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, wasn't even a secret about it. He wrote it. He wrote songs about it. Yeah. Chuck Berry was also one of those guys who like, I don't think he got famous till he was like 40 or something like that. Really? Oh, the Ringo. Oh, Mike says it's a Ringo song. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if I know that. Uh, okay. Ooh. Oh, I think I actually do know what you're talking about, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're 16, mm-hmm. Ringo Starr. Not, not great. <laughs> you come on like a ge- dream, peaches and cream, uh, like lips like strawberry wine. You're 16. You're beautiful. You're beautiful in your, in mind. your mind, right? Yeah. Yikes. Dude, boy. Yikes. And Ringo was not young when he wrote. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, and there is a really weird trend in early rock and roll of um, calling girls, I mean, we still baby, but like child, like there's a lot of like little child, little child, uh, come and dance with me. Like there's, and it's not just the Beatles, it's everyone. Used to it's everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I think and, it's because it's like, it was an exploitive genre. It was a genre that was made specifically. It was like, let's cash in on these kids. Cause it was like yeah. right around the first, like kids were like considered a, a viable audience for the first time. So it was like, it, it, you had a bunch of guys who were like, they didn't care about what they were writing. They were just like, here's, here's dumb shit for, for you to listen to at the sock hop you know <laughs> honestly and then some of them were like we're young guys like you know it's like she was just 17 you know what i mean well it's like well he was like 19 or something like that when you wrote that yeah. you know so it's like, not as creepy but then he's 80 singing. now he's 80 <laughs> <laughs> it's still an awesome song um but yeah <laughs> well that's a good that's a very very good list um 
Shawnee, would you like to go next? Would you like me to go next? Uh, Joe, you go next. We'll I'm going to go next. Off. We'll switch it off. Okay. Um, I'm going to kick off number five with the Marvelettes. Please, Mr. Postman. Ooh, yeah. Um, Ooh, really great. You know, um, I love going through their all their covers. Um, they do. They capture that '50s rock and roll and all and like girl groups too. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. they didn't discriminate who they covered or, you know, oh I'm not covering a girl or anything like that. It was great. Um, and kind of funny. Last year, Alicia and I were on a road trip back from Oregon. And I was driving, so I was thrown on the Beatles, and uh, this song came on. She's like, wait, that's a song? I was like, what, you've never heard this song? She's like, no, I've heard it, but it was on a TikTok or a Vine or something. And like a, a young kid is going, wait, oh, wait, yeah, missed him postman. And then the camera pans, and there's like a weird homeless guy going, hey. And like, that was her entire frame of reference for this song. And she's like, holy shit, this is an actual tune. And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but so i've always loved that song but now i have that little anecdote that always kind of makes me smile whenever i i hear it now i'm just like that's funny um number four uh the miracles you really got a hold on me i think this is Mm, one of their like Mm -hmm. most beautiful early ballads uh it's it's they 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 recapture all the soul that that song has originally and and but it's the Beatles, so it's great um whatchamacallit the album Beatles for Sale which I feel like never gets talked about ever yeah because uh, it's mostly a covers album even though yeah. the the originals that are on there like I think eight days a week is on there and mm-hmm. there's a few that are like oh shit um no reply but Mr. Moonlight for some reason gets me uh it's got oh, Mr. Moonlight and you know it's just it's <laughs> it, man you know, like, I don't know what it is about that, but I just, I'm just like, ah, I love it. <laughs> I love it very much. Um, so that's that was, another really dorky song. It's very dorky, but I, <laughs> I like it so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what's the chorus? Um, you missed him. I don't know. They're like, they're thanking Mr. Moonlight for like helping them get girls or, or maybe the other way around. I forget. Yeah. But, I don't even remember the last uh, time I listened to that song all the way through. Usually it's just like you hit the beginning. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See that beginning. And I'm like, I'm here for this. I'm ready for the rest. <laughs> um, I had till there was you uh, at number two, but I'm going to strike that. And I'm going to go with devil in his heart. He's got mm. the oh, devil okay. in his mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know why. It's just, it's another one at, that Mr. Moonlight, it, where it kind of just hits that perfect, like, is this the 50s? Oh, no, it's the 60s because it's the Beatles. And like, I don't know. Yeah. They capture that spirit so well. Because I mean, you know, um, I think especially us kind of, you know, we're all big Ramones fans. And I think we all kind of have that uh, original rock and roll in our DNA somewhere. We just love that kind of fast, simple. Yeah. And they always really kind of were able to tune into that, um, mm-hmm. even at their most complex. Um, Definitely. And then number one, you already mentioned it, but I, I have to uh, twist and shout, you yeah. know, uh, it's just like you were saying, it, it may be the best rock and roll vocals ever recorded. And apparently Lennon had like the flu or something as well and like what? just took his shirt off and like just started belting it out yeah yeah um <laughs> rough day yeah, yeah i mean there's who knows there's a lot of mythology around of course. that you know of course. um but uh it's still just so good and i think you know you usually hear their version of it when you hear it on the radio now and it's yeah 
and it's and it's one of those songs that I mean, you'll know the song before you know of the Beatles. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think you'll be a fan of like, oh yeah, Twist and Shout, blah, blah, blah. But then if you get into the Beatles, you go, wait a minute. No, oh shit, this is them. You know, there, there's so many songs like that with the Beatles where you go, I didn't know they did that. They did that um, song, yeah. <laughs> oh, Darlin' was one of those for me where I was just like, wait, this is the Beatles? What? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It It's timeless. It kind of transcends um, whatever decade you're living in or whatever. It's just a good, solid rock and roll tune. And did just... you guys grow up with the Beatles the same? Like, like so, your your parents might be in young and younger than my parents enough that you maybe didn't grow up with them as the, the same way I did. So thankfully, my mom had your uh, dad as her brother, her older brother, yeah. and uh, got a lot of like Beatles and Bob Dylan and and that kind of thing. My dad was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but the release that came out when we were kids was Beatles one. Yeah. And that was 2000, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's and about that right. Nan got me that I think okay. for Matt's birthday. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, that really kicked off. So like in my mind, um, uh, day tripper follows yesterday because that was the track. Oh, that CD. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, but that, I mean, I knew the Beatles, I liked the Beatles or whatever, but that is where I kind of really got introduced to them was that Beatles one. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I, I feel like there's like a big chunk of, of my early life where like, I think that was like the only music I heard. It felt like it was the Beatles. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing to have, especially early on, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. That was my thing once I got to like my late twenties, early thirties, like only Beatles now. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. You do that yeah. to yourself later. What about you, Sean? Uh, I guess it, it kind of trickled in because I, you know, knowing my dad, I don't know, I'm sure he's probably still in the chat. You know, it was you know a lot of uh, you know kind of punk music. Although funny enough, mentioning like never, you know, uh, you know Nirvana and like those bands. Like my dad was playing those bands when those CDs came out for me. You know, like he was playing them and exposed me to those uh to those uh he just said revolver yeah and revolver too yeah, yeah. yeah okay so yeah like it, it definitely trickled in you know mostly you know it was kind of like you know a lot of kind of british bands like the clash and like those you know those kind of groups uh and then weirdly enough when i the earliest memories you know weirdly enough is like michael jackson and like you know those kind of groups but it's it's always been very diverse and and you know varied as far as music that i'm exposed to growing up um yeah. So, you know, I think eventually, you know, the Beatles would kind of come into the fold um, as I was growing okay. up. So, but I honestly think, though, I come to appreciate their music a lot more as I got older. And, you know, kind of Joey, yeah. Joey can say this too. It's like, you know, you're collecting the, the records, you're, you know, you've been, you know, even kind of diving more into like the band itself and kind of like, you know, who they were. And um, you kind of come to appreciate it a little bit more, I guess, as you get older. Um, I think, yeah, I think there's like that element of like, I think that Gen X had it and then the millennials have it, uh, where it's kind of like you grew up with this in the background, it always existed. And it was just always there. And then but then one day you realize it's like, oh, no, this is like, really good. Yeah, like it's yeah. you know, like it's not just it's not just like the Beatles, like it's yeah. you know, and then and then yeah. kind of like off of Joey, like hearing some of the songs and then not really realizing they were the Beatles, like you know, the Beatles wrote, yeah. sang those songs. So like, you kind of connect, you know, some of the some of the dots a little bit. Um, 
I mean, I don't know how different I would be if I was listening to him earlier, but you know, I, I mean, there's such a huge influence for a lot of you know musicians and groups these days, sure, uh, and still and still are. So it's you know, I, I feel like they would you know, I would say I'd st- still probably be doing like music and stuff, you know, if I was exposed to like the Beatles a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I feel like uh, I feel like lucky and happy to like know their music you know to be able to listen to their music and definitely and you know now they're you know they've been doing like the remasters you know for for their albums and stuff and then you know obviously having them you know stream you know they can you could stream most of their albums right now which is really cool um i'm still trying to collect the vinyls i think joey's way ahead of me on that one so <laughs> I- i've yeah. got them all but now i want them all in mono that's my oh, next oh that's your like, next uh mm. Yeah, I've only got like a, a select some in, in mono. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh yeah. damn. All right. But you know, it's it's like um, a cliche to say things like this at this point, um, because you know every time a, a musician of of a certain caliber passes away, there's always the the idea that like, oh, how cool is it? How lucky we are that we were on the planet at the same time as them. And I think that like, that's like, you know, yeah, it's true all the time. But I think like with Paul McCartney specifically, it's like Paul McCartney is, is Beethoven. You yes, know, he is exactly, like, you know, yeah. he's, he's not just a rock and roll singer. This is somebody who, that we're going to be talking about for hundreds of years, yeah. probably. And so like, yeah, having the opportunity to, to watch Paul McCartney play an instrument in person is pretty incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 like we both were brought to tears honestly it was crazy uh, i wept during yeah. hey jude i wept during carry that weight i was like holy shit yeah and he uh, was Bernie. and he was jamming he was like playing he, he, mm-hmm. he like i i think we talked about this before joey like i think we were like saying like oh you know he's you know he's a little bit older now like yeah know. i wasn't expecting much I yeah really was well, not you know expecting his much. backing band you know might be able to kind of you know help him out a little bit but yeah like, they definitely do dude he's he was, gotten slower every time i've seen him um, he's I mean, it's, he's not bad, of course, by any means. But like every time I see him, I do notice a little bit. It's like, oh, the songs are a little bit slower every time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, how many from... times have you seen him? I've seen him three times. Three times. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, cool. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Man, <laughs> I yeah. just wanted him to play something off a of Ram, and he didn't. But I shouldn't have expected that either. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, you don't. You get the greatest hits of Paul McCartney. <laughs> like maybe one or two of his like brand new songs and then it's just like a Beatles show like you yeah, know he, yeah. he like he does a good job of making you like when you leave you feel like you just saw the Beatles which is yeah. you know of course not true but you know like he yeah it, he we got we got pretty close we got halfway sure. there. the yeah, closest you possibly can get <laughs> yeah possibly could man yeah I don't cool. understand why they don't do that every time huh? yeah. it would make so much money it like so much fucking money. yeah he doesn't even have to be like the sole drummer. Like he could just like drum on like part of the show. The other drummer can be there too. Drum, you know what I mean? Like because yeah. I've seen Ringo before too. Like I saw Ringo probably thirty years ago. Um, no, less than more than yeah, probably about twenty five years ago. And there's another drummer on stage playing while he plays. You know, so it's like, that's not even you know like they could do that. But like imagine if you could advertise like. Ringo and, and 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 Paul together, you know, like he could sing a little help for my friends or Yellow Submarine or whatever, you know, like that would be like Paul doesn't need it, I guess, is what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, neither of them probably do because he's I've seen him be asked that very question. Ringo's like, I've got my all-star band. Yeah. And um, that's yeah. But it I mean, and I who knows how much ego is still there 
it's definitely so for much. Paul. Well, Paul is like the most egotistical person ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's there's got to be yeah maybe they don't really just probably just don't like being around each other that much. But um, yeah, there's because there is a I don't know. Can you imagine being so rich that you didn't like want that, like you could like not make all the money in the world? You'd be like you could turn something like that down. Just be like no, like yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like Paul McCartney's a billionaire at this point. He's still touring at seventy nine years old. Yeah, he's, he's got like, to like what job. he's doing. It's yeah. my job. Um, he was at the bus stop the other day. I saw somebody took a picture of him at a bus stop. Man, I love that shit. Cool. <laughs> Normal life shit. <laughs> I like to be ordinary. I like to be um, ordinary. Yeah. Jonathan, <laughs> let's let's hear your covers, sir. Uh, well, it's no surprise. My number one's Twist and Shout. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for all the reasons you guys mentioned. I, I mean, you know, I it's you know I hear it all the time on the radio. Uh, it the the thing we've commented the most is, is the vocal and the, the recording and um, how it translated so well to the song and how it, I don't know. Yeah. How it kind of adds to the energy of the song and just how, when you listen to it, you literally want to get up and start dancing and like twisting, yeah. twisting and shout. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean that, that's probably why it's be my number one because it's the one I, I really um, connect with as far as the Beatles and covers and, uh, you know, I it, I've heard it at weddings. I've heard it, you know, in so many different like at situations funerals. and occasions. Uh, <laughs> not at a funeral, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah, it still takes me back, you know, or it, or it take it, I I still feel taken back by it um, when I hear it. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my number one. Uh, number five, I've got. Uh, I actually did not know they covered the song until I listened to it a few times, but uh, it's money. That's what I want. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Barrett Strong, um, uh, written by Barrett Strong, uh, performed by the Beatles. Uh, I, I like this version. It's it's. Uh, I've heard so many different versions of this song in particular. Um, yeah, I do like this version. It it has the Beatles. You know, it has the. I mean, that's why it's my number five. It has the the. Uh, the usual beetle arrangement, I would say, you know, from it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they don't do anything. They don't stay too safe, but they don't do anything too out there on the song. I feel like it's a good, it's a good song for them. Um, you know, here, John them. vocal and yeah, good John vocal as well. I, I do like the vocals on this, on this uh, song in particular. Um, and yeah, I, I think maybe I, I didn't know too much about it. Uh, this cover of the song because I've heard just like kind of the other versions. I always think of like um, you know the wedding singer. There's like that '80s version, yeah, of it, and you know it. Flying lizards or something like that. Yeah, I think that's the band. Yeah. Um, and then there's another band that I can think of. I, I it's I've heard a few of them, and I just I, I like how the thought Beatles Madonna did a version of it. She might have. She might it have. Is, yeah. This is one of those songs that like there's like a billion versions of that song. Yeah. There's just a, so a many standard. covers. Yeah. Yeah. Of it. But it, I think the Beatles one stands out to me. I, I just like it because it, it, yeah, it's the traditional arrangement of the Beatles and uh, you know again the vocals and everything. So yeah, money. That's what I want. Yeah, right um, number four, I got uh, Dizzy Miss Lizzie mm-hmm. uh, off the off a of Help. Um, uh, originally done by uh, Larry Williams. Uh, I don't know, kind of the tr- like I I always love the Beatles kind of uh, early stuff, especially with the kind of rock, you know, the kind of rock and roll and 
you know, it, it has that kind of feel to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I always feel like it's a quintessential, like, Beatles sound, like, especially kind of their earlier records. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I can say about the song. I just, I just really like how it, uh, how they performed it. And um, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm trying to think of, I also really like the help, like a lot of stuff off of help, I guess. And yeah, yeah really good. It record. goes really well, I guess with the other songs, you know, accompanies really well with some of the other uh, songs on the, on the album. So uh, number four, Dizzy Miss Lizzie. Um, let's see here. This one was actually one that surprised me. I, 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 this was like a recent discovery for me. I, I did not know. And this is actually on my number three. Uh, that's all right now. Mama by Elvis Presley. I did not know. They uh, covered, yeah. And you would think like, of course they would cover like Elvis Presley. Cause that's like kind of the, you know, they're yeah. in that, they're in that lane of like that kind of music and that rock and roll and, and bringing that kind of music to, uh, to the masses. So uh, of course cover Elvis Presley. Is that from the BBC record? It is. So I have. Okay, yeah. Uh, I actually have two from the. Uh, actually, the. Yeah, the this one and my number two are from the live at B, uh, the BBC. Um, mm-hmm. So of course Elvis Presley covering Elvis Presley. Uh, you know they they definitely can capture the uh, definitely the the soundscape and vibe uh, uh, kind of reminiscent of of Elvis Presley, but of course you know with the Beatles taste taste and swing to it I would say. Um, and then my number two is Johnny Be Good, which is my Chuck Berry okay, uh, yeah. cover. I, I have a soft spot for Johnny Be Good because I freaking love Back to the Future. And, sure. um, you know, I I, uh, I don't think I really heard this cover until recently, um, but I knew the Beatles did a version of this song, and I, I had to kind of listen to it a few times. Um, but it kind of grew on me, and I do like it. I do like the version. It is a little more – it is still pretty close to the – I would say the arrangement of, like, the Chuck Berry you know, version of it. Um, yeah. but I, I think that's what they do really well, even though they kind of stick to kind of the, the same, they don't do too much out of the song. I feel like they're just such a good band that they can really make it their own, you, you know, even though the, the sounds and some of the stuff is very similar and familiar. Um, and I, I, I want to take more a look at that live at the BBC record. Cause there's a lot of good, good songs and cover songs on that uh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of my list. Um, yeah, I'm really Great digging. List. I'm really digging the live at the BBC, and I didn't realize that has you know they played a bunch of covers on that on that uh, on the album. So, yeah, there we go. On, on the album, on the album, yeah. uh, the LP. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right on. Fuck, it's always such a dream to talk about Beatles. Honestly, I know. Um, I know, especially with you, Mickey. I feel like. Oh, thank you. Yeah. This is like a this is our usual Beatles talk right here, man. So. Yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. It's uh, I, I, I always want to talk about Beatles, right? Part <laughs> of me is like, is it because like you watch footage of them when they're so young and like first coming to America, and they're kind of they're polite, but they're also shitty towards the reporters, and like you're you know they're playing with them a little bit. They're so yeah. smart, and they just seem so in love with the world around them and the the world around them seems so in love with them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, man, to be those four best friends traveling the world, playing music, um, running around, like, it just like, that's the ultimate like dude dream. I think, I don't know. Um, It's just such a strange, it's like the, it's the, there's certain bands where if, if like, of course every band is like 
every member of every band is important, of course, but there are some where it's like clearly it's one person's vision. And and so it's really interesting to have it's like how like what had to happen cosmically um to have all four of these people in the same place at the same time. You know, it's it's just very, very interesting to have a, like two of the best pop songwriters grow, growing up, you know, a couple blocks from each other. Like it's just strange that it happened. And yeah. uh, I think we're all we're all the better for it. Um, Honestly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there's such like they they're and they're so like like the, like the music's great but also they're just great personalities they're fun like it yeah. would it, it that has so much to do with it it's like they're fun to talk about um yeah. they're funny guys all four of them are really funny guys um like genuinely like could be comedians probably um oh yeah and then it's it, like so it's like fun to listen to them talk and it's also fun to like make fun of them and, and joke about them and stuff like that it's just like every aspect of, of the beatles is is so entertaining yeah i i when i was first getting into like the music kind of heavily uh i saw the ron howard documentary uh oh, sure. eight days a week yeah and i i hadn't really seen the young side of them before where like you know a um they get into america and this guy goes up to john after she goes and which one are you and he goes eric it's the funniest thing and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was I, like at that moment it all I was like oh this is the 1960s version of like Blink-182 basically you know what I mean like they were like not that but that yeah you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it had that energy it had that kind of fuck authority but at the same time we're just kind of winking at it you know what yeah. I mean like sure yeah. and, and especially like really early on um there was such a like everybody was so condescending towards them like any adult that you see speak to them is just like you little shits who do you right. think you are you know and 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 so like there nice is hand. like a yeah it's it, you know it's like he's like he's being funny and he's joking around but he's also like saying like do your job you know it's it's it's, it's um yeah. a less um a less acidic version of what bob dylan was doing but it's you know still the same basic thing yeah that's a that's a really good comparison i love that dylan uh press conference i think he's in san francisco yeah and they're like do you consider yourself more of a singer or a songwriter i'm a song and dance man (laughs) and no one no one gets and they go could you say that again and like you just see him totally deflated uh yeah a song and dance man (laughs) (laughs) dance man (laughs) oh god um well this is great would is there anything um Mick, that you would like to share with our dear, sweet, lovely, imaginary audience before we before we wrap things up. Sure, is this a is plugs or is this share time? Uh, share t- or both? How about both? Okay, um, so uh, okay, I'll do a quick share time. Um, so there, like uh, anybody who's watching uh, on, on the, the stream right now uh, can can tell that I am a big home video enthusiast uh, <laughs> behind me. So there is a a boutique Blu-ray label that I really really like a lot called Gold Ninja Video. It's run by this one guy named Justin DeClue out of Toronto. And so he does this all entirely himself. Everything he puts out is either, is either, um, uh, pardon me, is either uh, public domain or uh, micro budget indie things where he's working directly with the, um, with the filmmakers. And he, um, so most of the movies he puts out, you can see on YouTube, but the thing is, is he does all the special features. So he, he, like, he has a, a podcast 
Um, and so like a lot of the time he and his co-host will record commentaries. They're incredibly knowledgeable, but also like friendly and approachable. Um, and so uh, they do they do that. They like put together video essays. They do all sorts of really great things. So in a way, it's almost like the most creative podcast merch you can possibly imagine. Hey. Um, so <laughs> they just did a set called uh, Jackie Sploitation, which is um, it's a three disc set. And it is made up of um, here's here it is right here. It, and it's hey. made up of movies that were made in the wake of Jackie Chan becoming famous uh, for Drunken Master. So, um, so some of them, like, uh, I watched one called the master with, there's like like 10 or 15 movies on this or something like that. I watched one called the master with cracked fingers, which is, um, they like took an older Jackie Chan movie that he made when he was like 17 or 18. And they kind of like put new footage around it and like built some new thing to put out. Uh, there's another, there's another one, which, uh, I think it's called, um, Jackie Chan's 36 crazy fists that Jackie Chan is not in. Um, he is, he is in the beginning I guess he did choreograph some of the action or something like that. So they have like behind the scenes footage that they put in the beginning of the movie um, to be like, here he is. It's Jackie Chan. (laughs) And then, and then there's some of them where like, they, like they got guys who look like him, but you know, aren't him. And like their name, like Jackie Chun or something, you know, like something like that. Or like Jackie is spelt differently or like that kind of thing. So this, like these movies are like, they're entertaining and stuff, but you don't necessarily want them because they're great movies but because they're like an interesting corner of, of film history that no one is really uh picking up that rock and looking under yeah. and they do this kind of stuff all the time like they put out discs i think they do one or two discs a month and just like really really interesting uh stuff like this and you know it's like it's like a, a history lesson in a box the same way criterion is but it's stuff that criterion would never touch so it you know a lot a lot of exploitation a lot of uh kung fu a lot of like poverty row noir like uh just it's just a really really cool um uh independent label um you know diy like very very independent one guy is putting these together and mailing them out himself um so yeah that's Golden very Individual. cool yeah nice that's really that's cool, awesome <laughs> right on i'm gonna check that out for sure yeah. um nice jonathan do you have anything you'd like to share with our dear, sweet, lovely, imaginary uh, audience this week? <laughs> Not as prepared as Mickey tonight. Um, no. uh, man, what? Do you don't I have to. Have? It's really no pressure. No well, uh, you know what? Um, I'm just going to, I guess I'm just going to shout out the Hollywood Bowl. I thought that was a really cool show that I went to. And um, if you're in the L.A. area and you you know, are able to book some tickets, go to the Hollywood Bowl. I think it's a really cool place. It's historical. The Beatles have played there. Tons of bands play there. They always have the orchestra that accompanies uh, all the groups there. Uh, you can bring your own food and beer and have a little picnic before. It's it's a whole thing, man. And there's no bad seat at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, I'm actually really excited to see the rest of their calendar because they usually have, um, like, sometimes it's usually, um, usually music performances. But they also have uh, movies and the orchestra, accompanied with the orchestra. So, so uh my friend Maddie, he did uh, a few years ago. He did like the Back to the Future, where they had like Alan Silvestri and the orchestra, Hollywood Orchestra, and him conducting it. And they played the you know the Back to the Future movie and some of the scenes and everything. Uh, I really want to try one. I've never been to. I've heard about those experiences. Like I think they like Game of Thrones. They had like one for Game of Thrones. Um, I've always wanted to do one of those. So I think that's kind of the next thing I want to look at is like if they're doing one of those kind of movie related 
with the soundtrack and the orchestra. And, and sometimes you get maybe someone like John Williams, like the actual, you know, conductors mm-hmm. and people who compose the music to, uh, to be there. So, um, yeah, I, I'm all about like live music right now. I just, I'm so excited to like get back into it. So, um, Very cool. but safely. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's my share. I Joey, how about you, man? <laughs> um, I just finished my first watch through of the Sopranos. Mm. and i loved it um i'm excited to dive back in now having seen it having tempered expectations not tempered expectations but you know for 20 25 years i've heard about this show and now i now i know what it is and i can go back and really kind of pay attention yeah um and uh my goal is to finish the series before the movie comes out which i was i I achieved i'm very excited about that and um if you haven't seen it yet, I can't recommend it highly enough. It was incredible. Uh, it. <laughs> yeah, my brother and our our good buddy Andrew have been telling me yeah. they started a group chat. Uh, are you watching <laughs> Sopranos yet? Are you watching Sopranos yet? So today I was able to be like, it's done. And um, yeah, felt good. Really I think nice. it's like, I don't even like no hyperbole. I really do think it's the best mafia thing ever. Like, and I'm I know that's saying a lot. I know that that really is saying a lot, but it's, it's up there. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's really, really good. Um, you know, they had time that you don't have yeah. in, a, in a two hour movie, but yeah. Goodfellas achieves a lot, you know, it in does. terms of like looking at the uh, everyday life of a, of a street level gangster. But this really does, like you said, takes its time and you're able to see, Oh, that's how everything connects and works. And you know, I feel like I have a much better understanding of how how everything kind of ties together in this world and how it's so hard to escape it. Or you know, it's it's fascinating. It's really incredible. Um, you know, The Godfather is such a romanticized version of all that. It's so far yeah, removed. Yeah. You know, I um, I always feel like a bad Italian American, but I don't really like The Godfather very much. <laughs> really i yeah i love the first two i think the first two have some like the best acting uh in any movie pacino and diane keaton are just they have yeah, this one scene in number two that i'm just like holy shit they're they're uh, very good actors but i don't know something about it is just like i just never cared as much as i felt like i should because it's it's very culturally ingrained in, in like we're like with like italian americans it's like ah oh, the godfather it you really know? Like, <laughs> and I, I watch it and I feel just, I feel different after, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I've been feeling a little different after the Sopranos. I've been dropping my G's and oh, um, yeah. just, you know, instead of uh, talking about my girlfriend, I'm talking about my y- guma. Y- guma. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. Some gabagool. God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, 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 entrenched in that world like you know i i i'm i've been knocking out like a season a day especially on the oh, weekends wow. yeah and so i'm having dreams about it and waking up to it and it's like well i just got to get back and um i'm free now i'm so <laughs> thankful that it's like over but i didn't want it to end at the same time much so. like are you having tony soprano-esque dream sequences yeah where i like i'm i'm <laughs> i'm not in the mob anymore like they're like yeah. oh you're kevin federer i'm like no that's not me but it says yeah. that on my card and i'm like, there hey. Sean, you probably don't know what we're talking about. There are a couple episodes where where Tony has very in-depth dream sequences. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. The dream <laughs> sequences are very well done in the show. Like the it, it, the um 
the way they achieve kind of like dream logic or you know like the fish he's walking by a fish stand and the fish will start talking or something just things that don't make sense that maybe if you're awake in conscience you wouldn't think about to write mm -hmm. down somehow they're able to really capture the feeling of a dream in the show that i thought was really really good um yeah but they they look at everything they look at drug use and the prostitution and you know like all of it really kind of gets highlighted it's wild it's wild um yeah and also just there you go. the toll it takes on you as a person truth <laughs> yeah um and the and the toll it takes on the viewer, and the viewer. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i can see um, that <laughs> honestly and last uh just quick quick shout out we uh, had a meeting of the minds uh on thursday we're going to release a single uh or two song ep on october 22nd blind Ooh, issues yeah. is back so be on exciting the for that yes yeah um mm -hmm. very very fun stuff so yeah that's mm -hmm. that's it for me yeah. cool cool <laughs> where, where, where can we where can we find you on the internet my friend uh, you can find me at the three friends.com. That's T H E T H R E E F R I E N D S, the three friends.com. And I also want to give a quick shout out to my co host on that show. Uh, listen to his band, St. Francis and the Wolf. Yes. Big, big St. Francis and the Wolf fans. Which oh, I didn't even say Saint on my Francis show. Is. The Wolf? We just talk oh. about movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real quick, what's your favorite St. Francis song? Super toy. Me too. That's the best. It, I love that song. It's a perfect, <laughs> perfect song. Yeah. It's it really good. is. It's it's so good. Yeah. You know, it's I really I, I always great. I always say that, you know, he's my best friend. So I would say it was good no matter what. But like I'm really, really glad to know that like no, I like I genuinely like the album. I listen to it. I would listen to it even if I didn't know him. So <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's on steady rotation. Uh yeah. it's a very good album. And I'm glad they're playing. They're playing a lot of gigs, those guys. They are, yeah. And I, I love seeing yeah. them live. We've played, a few, you know, obviously a few a few gigs with them, but they're always such a, a treat to see. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Jonathan, yeah. where can we find you on the internet this week? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Sean Day Music and my website. Uh, I kind of struggled with that for a sec. And my website at uh, sorry SeanDayMusic.net. Oh my god. Net. Oh Shout my God. Is that net. 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 Yes. Joey, where can we find you on the internet? You can check me out on my website, joeyproddy.com, and on. Oh, I, I usually do it the other way around. I've messed up my rhythm. Hold on. Ready? I'll screw the flow. <laughs> uh, it's okay. You can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at joeyproddy, and on my website, joeyproddy.com. You can check out the show at Top 5 Pod. That's T-O-P-F-I-V-E 5 P-O-D on Instagram, on Twitter at gmail.com, on Facebook at Top 5 Podcast. We're on Apple Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, all the good stuff, and YouTube uh, if you want to watch our lovely mugs. Um, so please give us a like, give us a follow, give us, give us, Jesus Christ. I haven't had any, I've, this is water. I, this is, um, this is, um, what's his name? Billy Bats. Oh, um, hell yeah. Get your fucking shine box. Um, give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow, give us your love, and Jonathan, we will give you all our loving in return. Little Beatles in there. All our loving. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Joy Prady. I'm Sean Day. I'm Mickey Jackie. Mm -hmm.
Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Ooh, we've never Woo. done it three ways before. <laughs> <laughs>